0: What you What you I'm different you. What you Well, here we are on Friday, the 24th, and we are coming back to you with Verbal Assault Live Stream. Usually, we like to have a whole host of panelists, and we decided to try something new this week. Okay, everyone's got other stuff going on, and so we had to approach this differently. Um, as most of you know, Verbal Assault Live Stream is a political podcast. We pride ourselves on having people from the right and people from the left, we talk about real issues that involve real people in real time. Um, I'm coming to you remotely from New York. Um, My co-host Samuel Kachera is coming to you remotely from Connecticut. Hello, Sam.
1: Hey, man. How you doing?
0: Hello. Oh, okay. Well, Sam must have had us on mute for a second there. I'm not sure, um, but it's good to have you, Sam. And so I'm glad you're there. I can hear you yes um, mm-hmm. we also have joining us um, Mr. John Daniel. Mr. Daniel does not like to be called doctor but he is pursuing his PhD and um, he is somebody who from what I understand also leans right and this is going to be a very interesting topic today because we're talking about um, we're talking about China, which is in Asia. And we're going to be talking about some of the stuff that's going on with the African population that lives in China. So I'd like to say hello to Mr. John Daniel. Mr. Daniel, how are you? I am good. Thank you. Okay. And happy to have you. So let's get right down to uh, business. But first of all, I want to just let uh, everyone know um, if you want to be part of the conversation, go on to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Vimeo, YouTube, Snapchat, or TikTok And you can actually comment, and we will respond to your comments on the air. If you've not done so, please subscribe to the program. Whether you're listening to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or one of the other 11 platforms, having you as a regular follower is very important to us. We are listener-supported, and you can support us on one of the anchor platforms, which are one of the 11, Patreon or Twitch You can give as little as a dollar or you can give as much as a $1,000. We don't care, but every cent that you give to us supports us. So without uh, much further ado, I want to go ahead and ask our first question. Samuel Kuchera, you've lived in China. And from what I understand, you lived in Shanghai, if I'm not mistaken. I want to ask, why are... Africans being asked to leave China. Why is that?
1: <clears throat> Chinese are racist. And they are racist not only to others, Woo! but they are also whoa. racist. Whoa, whoa, in
0: that's fact, a strong comment. Do you say the Chinese as a whole are racist?
1: Yes. Chinese in general Okay, are I just want to
0: make sure I understood you.
1: Yeah, they are. And what they want, they're sort of like... Um, they're sort of like the Aryan nation. They they want to keep the bloodline pure. So, I don't think so. In terms of racism, they're not trying to string you up and hang you and um, stone you to death, but they just want to keep the bloodline pure. And, um, damn. Yeah. Um, now what they're doing, there's a lot of Africans that are in an area called Guangzhou. Um, Nigerians in particular, all the places that I've traveled, that I've encountered them, they're quite intelligent. They're usually engineers that go work, uh, study abroad and work abroad. But for some reason, okay, they, great. Seem up, they seem to end up also in the drug game. Um, so, yeah, they, they well, just... Well,
0: Money is where, listen, listen, when it comes to drugs, whether it's legal being pharmaceuticals, and we do have um, John Daniel on the line who works in the medical field, pharmaceutical is big money. If it's not legal, then it's illegal, and drugs coming from South America or from the Middle East, that's big money. So you're associating some of this illegal trade with Nigeria. Am I correct to understand that?
1: Yes, you are. Okay. Okay. So they're there um, with their pharmacies, or even doing business. They're doing international trade between Nigeria and or Africa and China. Um, but they also somehow they inevitably end up like I can't. Of course, I don't want to generalize, right? And I want I don't want to say everybody,
0: but but you did. But you it, said that Chinese it, are as it, a whole are racist culturally.
1: That yeah, yeah yeah they want to keep the bloodline pure and Africans you know commonly it's common that they get into illegal drug trade, so um, I guess the Chinese have had enough with that, so they're doing this push now where they're kicking everybody out of their homes, their hotels um they don't want um the Africans associating with their women they're they're trying to stop that there's there's been a lot of um things that they're doing to to kind of get the Africans to leave.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, this is going to be a very, very personal conversation today. So I want to give you guys a heads up. If you feel like something is getting too close to home, don't answer the question or feel free to divert. But you know, this is a platform where we talk to real people about real issues in real time. Um, well, uh, Mr. Daniel, I need to ask you a question. Um, As an Indian American, uh, one of the things that uh, Samuel has said is that Nigerians move to China in order to pursue engineering Uh, because Asian cultures, especially China and India, they're part of the main four Brazil, Russia, India, and China, where a lot of the, you know, there's big growth in their economies. India is known to be the largest democracy in the on the globe um loosely related here is there an is there is still an issue in india as far as the caste system is concerned where those that are lighter would be given preference as opposed to those who are darker uh
2: there is but i just wanted to ad- address uh, Samuel's uh, statements here, uh, there is more drug trafficking being done by Chinese you know, people. Wow. The African students and the African people that are there seem to get highlighted when it comes to the media, yeah. um, and that happens all over the world, which is, there seems to be a problem. Definitely, China does have a problem with... Um, you know, any other races um, than themselves, for one, because that is the largest number of folks that are found in the country. And they're also a proud um, uh, race of people because they take pride in their accomplishments and they take pride in uh, their status in the world as uh, being the second largest economy and so forth. Uh, So that also brings in, uh, you know, th- that certain set of, uh, you know, superiority status, uh, that is just within, uh, themselves, not, not, um, it has not been proven that in any way that they, uh, are, a uh, superior race by any means. Uh, so, uh, I would, um, you know, um, uh, I would question what Sam said, which is that, um, there, you know that it is uh, mostly the Africans that are in involved in this type of thing. They are when they come in as students, you know they're there primarily, f- um, you know, for their education. There will be a small percentage of people that uh, get involved in these type of things because they, you know, trying to make some money or whatever. Um, but they some they are. Um, they tend to be brought in
1: and highlighted by the media as the source of all evil. Wow. So China, uh, I agree with you. I did not mean that they're doing it more than Chinese or Russians or anyone else. I uh, but we were talking but about But you said that.
0: they're being held accountable.
1: Definitely they at this time at this point in time they are being held accountable. China is holding them accountable just for being black.
0: Uh I, I directed the question to to Mr. Daniel as such about the caste system because there were there were a few things I wanted to question. I wanted to know: Is this strictly a China issue? And one of the things Mr. Daniel said is that this is not just happening in China. This is happening around the world, where uh, these these types of isol- isolations may we may be experiencing that type of thing. Um, and, and, and Mr. Daniel, I, I, how many years have you been here in the United States as a whole, as a student, or as a whole? Uh,
2: not, as a whole? As a, not as a student. In fact, I think you got it wrong when you said I'm pursuing some kind of degree. I am not. But um, I, I've been trying to reach you for that for a reason, uh, so that uh, you don't keep saying that. But um, I... Um, uh, have been in the country forty years, and I've been working thirty-five years of those. Okay. Uh, so, um, but I'm familiar with uh, the the African population. For example, in India, we have a uh, large number mm-hmm. of students in India as well that uh, come in to pursue education. In fact, we have a lot of people coming in uh, to pursue education in the field of medicine. And, wow. Okay. Uh, technology and engineering. But medicine more so because um, the uh, language of instruction uh, is uh, in um, is in English, and they follow the uh, World Health Organization uh, curriculum, which is what is standard all over the world in order to practice medicine. Um, and uh, same thing with uh, you know in the fields like engineering, computer science, uh, biotechnology, and so forth. Um, and uh, so historically, um, there has been a lot of um, African people coming to study in India. But I don't uh, see as much as a, of a problem with Africans coming to India and studying as much as I see in China. And uh, the reasons are uh, you know pretty straightforward as much you know pretty much what I said earlier because the Chinese think of themselves, as a superior race of some sort, which is not yet proven. Um, and so, um, and also, given the bad rap that the um, Africans have been given over generations
0: mm-hmm.
2: by virtue of um, how white people have traditionally treated them, uh, there is a question you know, some of them it automatically carry over to China for some reason, they have heard about it, learned about it, and so forth. So you have uh, people already that have preformed a, a mentality about Africans, uh, which are so far from true, because uh, you have, uh, again, it's not right to generalize everyone into the same category, just like Sam said. Uh, everyone is individual, ind- is different, and they have to be treated differently for who they are.
0: This but is true. Not- okay. I, I I am taking in what you say, and one of the reasons that I had asked about the caste system, um, I, I, I personally had an experience um, with a gentleman who was um, Indian American here at, at one of our medical facilities. And what I was experiencing, I believe, came down to a class issue. Um, but it was clear to me that if it was not a class issue, then it was a race issue. And I'm not sure personally of which it was. What Sam is describing to me, and and, and full disclosure to the audience, all of us are people of color here. Um, Sam and I are of mixed race, and you yourself, uh, originating from South Asia, uh, there are experiences that you've had in the United States, and we talked about that on other programs. But I'm just curious to know if you're... You, uh, And Mr. Daniel, you have said that in India, you have seen it less, but I'm wondering if the caste system is still an issue there, if perhaps Africans have experienced other types of um, isolation or uh, hostility or discrimination, you think, maybe just based on the old caste system, which a lot of that had to do with colonialism and all that type of thing.
2: Uh, it, that'll be that that is a fine question but i think we are moving away from the topic that you have here uh which is to discuss you know china and its racism towards black people but um i will answer your question uh india is a democracy and uh, so there are um, laws in place as well as a continued uh, effort to get rid of these kind of systems that you have heard of um, and so for the last maybe 40, 50 years, there have been laws in place where they actually, um, you know, law, I mean, things that were prevalent 100 years ago is what you are referring to. Hmm. But 40, 50 years ago, they have started bringing laws by which um, it's, you know, they're bringing up these sort of low caste, um, low castes. Um, they are giving, they're not only encouraging them, but they. By virtue of free education other things, but also they get a lot more benefits wow. uh, in terms, of, uh, you know, being part of the upper echelons of the of society. So they, uh, because of this quota system that has been in place, where they have increased it up to fifty percent now, whereby um, uh, these uh, ca- low caste that you called from hundred years ago. These people um, are reserved about fifty percent of the jobs in some cases, and they become Supreme Court justices. They become wow. The president. Of, they become the president of the country. They have climbed up into all sorts of positions. So that system is no longer prevalent uh, for somebody like you that may not, you know, maybe hearing things from the media that. So it is. It is being va- uh, eradicated. Is being so. It is not even legal. It's. Pretty much um, uh, outdated, so to speak, and okay. uh, so it, it, um, if you're looking at a low caste person, uh, there has been two or three presidents of India that have you know been low caste, and wow. so those are the kind of things they move up people in society. They make them uh, you know uh, directors of large agencies of the federal government. They move up in corporations, the largest corporations, and so forth. So they are holding all kinds of positions. They're given access to all kinds of education, whether it's medicine, engineering, uh, uh, you know, to l- pursue legal education, so forth.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Um, so yes, the original subject was uh, out of China, the great black migration and racial compromise. Um, having you on the program, it was necessary to ask that question because what we're seeing in China has happened in the United States in the American South. Um, the, the bringing over of enslaved Africans, using them for labor purposes or um, and, and, and not exposing some of them to the educational system for a matter of centuries. And at a certain point, some of these people said, you know what, this system is no longer uh, safe for me, so I'm going to move northward as far as the United States is concerned, we have the forced migration of the Native American peoples. Um, I myself am of African descent, I'm also Native American. Um, my understanding is that Sam also has some of that uh, racial mix himself. And so it, it, in today's conversation, I'm just curious to know if this is more of a global issue with Africans traveling internationally or um, is this an issue that's isolated to China um, if we say that in, in, in India that laws are being put in place to kind of uh, eliminate the whole caste system? Sam, I'm just curious if there is any advocacy taking place in China for these Nigerians. as uh, We are saying Africans, but you specifically said Nigerians uh, who are coming over, coming over for education. Obviously, they're meeting people. There's a possibility of them intermarrying. And I know in India for a while, that that was sort of forbidden. Uh, and in the United States, this was also an issue that, um, you know, in certain states like Virginia, you couldn't have two people of two different races mixing. So, and, 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 Sam, is there any advocacy taking place in China that you know of?
1: No, I don't know of any. Uh, and if there were... It probably wouldn't hold any water because China already have conditions around uh, intermarrying and like marrying to become a citizen. You can never be a citizen. It's hard enough just to become a resident in China. So um, there's no there, there's no advocacy that I'm I'm aware of. No, they allow you to come wow. over. Okay, if they allow you to come over if you want to work or do business. Um, but when you do that, you have requirements and conditions that you need to meet, you know, that's
0: it. Okay, so, so I wanna ask the both of you, uh, I'm from North America, Cham- Sam, you've live, uh, you've lived in Australia, you've lived in Asia, you've lived in North America and you're born in North America. And Mr. Daniel, you're born in South Asia, primarily India and you've moved here to the United States and been here for a number of years. With what's happening in China right now, would you say this is a class issue, a race issue, or an economic issue with the whole uh, migration in connection with the pandemic? Sam, I'm going to ask you to take the question first. Class issue, race issue, or economic issue?
1: Specifically with the Africans? Yes, please. Um China's looking for a race to blame because they don't want to take blame for they don't want Chinese to be the blame so it's definitely um, a race issue um I wouldn't say class I'm not sure that they even consider Africans to be a class or anyone else to be a class um so it's definitely a, a race issue because they're looking to blame someone else they over they've already stated that its uh, that the disease is a foreign imported disease. So yeah, definitely a race.
0: Okay. But are there, are there, uh, Caucasians that live in China who would be considered foreigners who might be experiencing some type of discrimination?
1: Well, um, last year when I was there, I was aware that, that the Chinese were, uh, encouraging foreigners to leave. They were encouraging, um, not Africans. They were encouraging. French they were encouraging Americans and they were encouraging um another couple of countries like Australia they were encouraging them to mm. leave And okay. I, I, don't, I can't say not the companies but the employees right but now i wow. want the africans to leave because they i think they find it easy to blame africans um because they still believe that hiv came from the monkeys in africa right so wow. they're, they're they're spreading all of these fallacies about um this coronavirus this series uh covid-19 they're going to try to place that blame on someone at first it was the americans the american military i guess that's been debunked so now they're pushing it onto africans and they're saying how like black is dirty so they don't want dirty what? Yeah, yeah. So they don't want dirty in the oh. country. Oh, wow! So they're using, they're trying to, they're trying to shift everything onto the Africans. Uh, that's going to make it difficult because they have a big hand in Africa at the moment. So, I'm, I'm interested to see where it's going to go.
0: And I was just about to ask you that. Uh, China seems to be very, very progressive in uh in their approach in doing business with african nations and having access to those resources and uh one of them being farmland and other commodities for their population um mr daniel i'd like to ask you the same question um you have some um you have some knowledge on what's happening in china is it a class issue is it a race issue or is it simply an economic issue please go ahead and take the question
2: So um, I think, uh, you know, I wanted to say that I've been to many parts of China. So that is, that includes Beijing, uh, Mm Xi'an, Shanghai. Uh, You know, I took a five-day cruise on the Yangtze River. Um, And uh, um, Sam may know this place, the largest city in China, is it Changchow, Changchow? Got the biggest population, even more than uh, Beijing. Changzhou. Um, and I've also uh, what Ch- was it? Changzhou. Yeah, that one yeah, exactly. Um, and also um, been to Macau as well as uh, Hong Kong. So those are uh, other territories held by uh, the Chinese mainland. And um, so, um, so. Uh, I think Sam hit it on the spot where he said that um, they don't like to be blamed. They like to, uh, you know, pass on the blame. There's more, you know, drugs and terrorism and, you know, rapists running around in China than that can be attributed to the uh, African students or Africans that uh, come and live there. Uh, But of course, they find it convenient to point the blame uh, on black people. Just as it was convenient to, in the uh, fifties and sixties in the United States, for a a white person, uh, you know, to uh, create a a homicide of some sort or a right, right, Emmett Till, perfect example. You were saying, go ahead, white lady to claim rape and then blame it on a black person and unidentified, non-existent black person. So. there's a lot of things that the uh, Chinese people find it convenient to do that's the average citizens, not necessarily the polit- politicians but um, the um, y- you know it it comes down to a race issue uh, it comes down to the uh, economic issues as well uh, and uh, so they uh, they find it convenient to blame things uh. That are going wrong uh, on um, especially you know targets like the um, African uh, African uh, students or people working there. So you know the even when I was visiting China, I was with a tour of um, me and my family of four people. we were We were on a tour with um, about ten other people, a total of ten people, excuse me. and uh, so, when we got down to cities we you know photo ops and so forth we could see you know chinese people come up and uh, uh cornering other caucasians and uh you know they wanted to do a selfie with them and so forth of course uh you know i i knowed, uh, you know those kind of things but you could it was just uh you know blatant racism they liked a photo opportunity with uh, a foreigner um, and in this case, specifically the Caucasians, um, and I was a foreigner too, but they were not necessarily interested in me. But you know, leaving that aside, you know, it was clearly seen that they are racist. And also I've had some Chinese uh, friends who have told me um, that
0: uh, China has, is a racist country. Wow. That's a strong, that's a strong statement. Okay. Um... And,
2: and especially in, in Hong Kong, for example. That is in, uh, in yeah, Hong Kong. Kong. Hong Kong is it was a British colony, so there was a lot of British influence there. Not only in terms of uh, how the British ran the economy, but also in terms of uh, the intermixing of races and so forth. So they see themselves as a um, fairer generation of people, the Hong Kong people. Yeah. And if you go to Hong Kong, you can see that they are uh, their complexion is a little fairer than. Uh, people you find in mainland China. Uh, and so there's a little more in in
1: uh, Hong Kong of this kind of racism. May I ask John? And, uh, John, yeah. you mentioned, you mentioned uh, economic. You yes. mentioned that before. So how do you see it uh, being an economic issue?
2: Well, um, I don't think that uh, the Chinese, for example, are sensing that they get much from, uh, you know, the African races coming in to their country. Uh, supposedly, they're coming in for education, so they're learning stuff and leaving, or they're coming in to do business, uh, so they are getting something out of the country, and then, uh, you know, they are getting the benefit of that. Now, as uh, so that's why I said economic. So they're trying to make it more even- uh, for themselves or even get the advantage uh, uh on their side but also uh, another fact here is that the chinese have over the last um, 40 years or 50 years that they have been uh, their country has um, done well uh, economically they have also invested largely in their own country so if you go into um, if you go to countries like India and China, they looked alike in the 60s. But um, if you go to India right now, you will see that not much has changed. But if you go to China, you will see that everything has changed. Every city pretty much, uh, at least all the big cities that I've been to, they look like New York and Philadelphia and so forth. And Shanghai is just so beautiful. Um, So um, what they have done with all that wealth, of by doing trade with all, all parts of the world, selling these things for at, a, at the price of uh, a, a dime, whereas in it, it would be sold uh, for a dollar in other countries. Was, you know, so with all the, uh, pre, I guess, the, um, the, the um, wealth that they have made, they've improved their own country, as well as now they are investing largely in African countries as you probably know, uh, and they are uh, for example, Sierra Leone, they say, okay, you have diamond mines. You know, we want a, a stake in the diamond mines. We will help you uh, mine it. Uh, we will help dig for new mines. And then uh, they will, you know, put, you know, millions and millions of dollars into the infrastructure, Sierra Leone being a poor country, uh, you know, that, um, and um, with a lot of um, uh, corruption, bribery and so forth going on, nothing is do- being done to help the people. So China goes in and help the, helps the build up the infrastructure. And so in return, they get access to something that is so scarce in the world. Uh, and they've done that throughout Africa. In Nigeria, they've built oil, you know they're digging for um, oil uh, fields. Um, and, uh, with several other parts of the uh, the uh, African continent, they are investing. Uh, it's sort of like a bribe. They are investing into the infrastructure and getting a lot in return. And so, uh, so they China is is self you could argue that they are self self centered in their in what they look for, which is we need to get something out of it. And with African America, with the African population it doesn't seem to be that way, at least for them and the, the citizens and the politicians.
0: Okay. Wow. That's... um. So I, I wanted to disclose something. Uh, first of all, uh, my stepfather is from Sierra Leone, and I was supposed to move there when I was 26. And uh, part of the reason that I... Uh, I never made it to the country. It would have been the first country that I had traveled to outside of the continental U.S. Uh, I got a premonition that I wasn't ready to go. And so the Civil War broke out six months later, and I had to send money over to save my family. With that being said, um, as people of color, I'd like to ask both of you who have traveled internationally, what have been your international experiences? Because we're sort of talking about China right now. We know that North America, particularly the United States has a history of sort of um, blaming immigrants of sorting of looking at people who are a little bit darker as sort of causing a threat. Um, Now, Sam, I know that you've lived in Australia. You've lived in Asia. uh, You do business in Asia. You're from North America. Uh, have there been experiences that you've had internationally where you said, I am not welcome here um, because I'm an American or because I'm a person of color?
1: Have there been experiences that you've had? Um, <clears throat> not exactly the way you put it. Okay. But, so tell us. Well, like if I'm in the Philippines, for example, you know, you're not welcome as a foreigner to do bu- you're welcome as a foreigner to do business, but you cannot own anything, which means that you have to take on a, a local as a partner. So this is common. if you go to Malaysia, China, uh, any I guess most Southeast Asian countries, I can't say all, I haven't been to all, but um, if you go to a, c- a country like that, um, you need to have a local as a partner. Even for in in Malaysia, there's Chinese that are brought up and living in Malaysia, but a Malaysian must be a partner, and uh, uh, an original Malaysian must be a partner in a business with a foreigner. So even a Chinese Malaysian must take on a fifty fifty of fifty one forty nine partnership with a Malaysian in order to do business there. So. Um, in my experience, yeah So like if I'm in the Philippines I need to have some sort of a partnership If I'm, if I'm in China um, You have to divulge all the information to China All of your IP, your intellectual property To China And that's their way of taking on a partnership You know, other than all the Phenomenal amounts of money That they're going to require request from you um, But isn't
0: that the way that it should be done?
1: Uh, yes and no. I mean, when a foreigner comes into the U.S. to do business, we don't take their intellectual property in order to say this is how we're partnering with you. They just have to fulfill other requirements. Right. Right. Okay. But China, China mm-hmm. you're not welcome to do business unless we have something from you. That something Why? is your intellectual property. Okay. So, if you're wondering why there are so many copies, like let's use Apple as the example, there are so many clone Apple iPhones that are out there. Well, Apple had to give up all of their intellectual property just to be there. Mm. Now you wonder why there's so many clone phones, and mm. it, would okay. with, it would be the same with Gucci, Versace, all these other brands, name brands that are not local to China. If a car right. maker, if an, autom- if an automaker would like to go to China to produce their cars. If Volkswagen wants to, if, uh, yeah, the German car, Volkswagen, they wanted to produce themselves, produce in China in, rather than shipping. Yeah. Right. They have to give up all of their goods. Now you've got fake Volkswagens running around on the road, you know, and this okay. is normal. This is normal.
0: So, so what you're saying is that in the parts of Asia that you've been in, uh, as a foreigner, you're always an outsider. And so with that being said, you can come come in as an entrepreneur, but you can never expect to outright own anything without including a local or the government on some level. Am I correct to understand that? On
1: some level, yes.
0: Okay. And as a person of mixed race, having lived and worked in Australia, and you said you've been in, in and out of China on and off for 20 years, race has never been the primary factor that you've had a concern about. It's always been whether I'm doing business with the local or the government. Am I correct to understand that as well?
1: You are correct. However, I did hear other African-Americans, as well as Africans, complain of racism. I've never complained. In which countries?
0: Huh? And which countries are you referring to?
1: In, in Australia. You were talking about Australia. In Australia. Uh,
0: yes, that's one example. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. I've had black friends and african black friends who have complained about racism in australia me myself i never did
2: why have why is that
1: you know i think i think part of it may come come from the way you present yourself to people um i think if you have an arrogance about either yourself or where you come from or your heredity i think presenting that up front someone could then use that as an excuse to, to, to say why they don't like you but if you don't if you don't present yourself present those things in the forefront if you just have a conversation or if you just get to know people and, and don't involve race I I don't think it's an issue. In fact, everywhere I've been uh, overseas, I, ne- I rarely experience any racism. Only here in America. Only here in America. Wow. Me, okay, that is others, yes, but, others, but others will not. Others will have a story of racism wherever they go. So I believe it has a way. It has something to do with the way you present yourself. I, I can't be sure about that, but but I don't often have that problem. I I can't complain. I'm not complaining.
0: OK, um, you know, and, and I'm being told about uh, a database of racial incidents against Asian Australians has received 178 responses in two weeks. Um, uh, there's sort of been this rise in anti-Asian racism on the reverse side due to the whole uh, COVID-19 situation, and we're also finding that a community group, the Asian-Australian Alliance, has received 12 reports a day since April 2nd. So that's looking at it. So now we're dealing with the issue of the media. We're, We're blaming the media in some cases, saying that there have been negative things put out about Africans. Now the media is associating the virus with the uh asian population particularly the chinese yet at the same time our director sent me a note saying that the chinese have blamed the spread in their country on nigerians who contacted the virus and who did not maintain the isolation requirements so i just think that's a different um perspective to go on there um but, Mr. Daniel, I'd like you to go ahead and just explain, uh, having been an international traveler yourself, uh, being a person of color, do have you found that there has usually been um, an issue based on you being a foreigner or an issue based on your race or a combination of both or at all?
2: I would say the I would answer... Uh, the contrary of what Sam said, I think that has been an issue pretty much everywhere, uh, whether it's the United States or Australia, which I've been to, by the way, or if it is, uh, like I said, in China, even in India, which um, and um, so um, um, in India, it it is mostly like um, they identify you easily as a foreigner. And then so it becomes sort of like a reverse uh, discrimination, which is, you you know, the taxi drivers try to charge more, the the, uh, rickshaw drivers try to charge more and so forth. So there's always a higher bill that um, I I have to try and avoid paying uh, because they have somehow identified me as, you know, coming from somewhere else. So um, that would be my answer to your question.
0: Okay. Okay. Um, But you are basing this primarily on being a foreigner in a different country or being one that they would consider an American?
2: So if you're talking, I don't know what you're talking about. If you're talking about India, then they identify you by, you know, the way you dress or the way you talk. They know that you are from uh, outside. In many cases, they do know that they are, you know, recognize that I am from the United States.
0: Okay. Um, When you travel? What's that? When you travel internationally, what has been your experience?
2: That has been the experience that somehow, um, so I mean, uh, you know, that I told you in China that has, you know, there has been, um, you know, uh, shades of uh, discrimination that I have witnessed but I'm not there long enough to live like um, Sam uh, to be able to experience it or know much about it. Um, Similarly, uh, in some of the other countries that I've been to, in fact, the country that I was born in, uh, Doha, you know, uh, Qatar, country that I grew up in uh, at the age of 10, I was, um, my parents moved to Dubai and in Dubai, if you go, so I was there till I came to the United States.
0: Which is kind of um, like the Switzerland yeah. of the Middle East, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Right now, that 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 is uh, a country with a lot of um, uneducated Arabs and uh, you know um, that are not too knowledgeable about the rest of the world. Wow! So uh, they are privileged, um, and so if you have if you have enough money to spend, they have no problem. Um, but if you stand hand and twiddle your, your fingers and you are wondering if you really want to spend, you know, $125 for that manicure, pedicure, then obviously they do have a problem. So um, I have witnessed it all over the world, whether it's place that I was born in, whether you I know, grew up in, whether it is the heritage of my parents or whichever it is, the places that I've traveled, I have seen it in various forms and, and uh, shapes.
0: Wow, that um, that is
2: a privilege to have been uh, to be able to admit it, for one thing, and also to have been the, on the re- receiving side of it so that, you know, you, you know, uh, pretty much what to expect.
0: This is um, this makes me pause and it makes me process on everything that you're saying. And it leads me to my next question. And Sam, I'd like to direct this at you. Um, Do you believe that there is a a trend, an international trend, where people are going to begin to discriminate against the Chinese because of their appearance or the color of their skin associating them with the COVID virus?
1: At the moment, they're the flavor of the month. So, um, yes, to answer your question, yes, I believe that. Uh, i don't know if they'll be discriminated, but they'll definitely be noticed and pointed out and um, and you mentioned about australians uh Asians in Australia. you mentioned that earlier um, yeah, because China has an influence in these countries, and people don't like that when they don't like it, they say, oh, you know, the Chinese, they come in, they're doing this, they're doing that, they're taking our jobs and whatever. And if I remember correctly, when I was growing up, the same was said about Chinese, Indians, uh, Pakistanis, uh, Arabs. The same was said in, in, in New York, in America, about these groups coming in, taking our jobs, right? So at the moment, Chinese are the flavor of the month. If, they, if they're already in Australia, for example, and Australia is suffering because of China, because they're heavily their economy is heavily dependent on China. China buys a lot of resources from Australia. So uh, they spend a lot of money there. Chinese spend a lot of money there, aside from government to government, but also they, they, they arrive in Australia as students, and before you know it, they're opening businesses. So Australians are going to complain. Well, you're taking all of our businesses, you're doing all of our jobs, things like that. So people will have a problem with that, you know? Um, Yeah, they're the flavor of the month at the moment. So associating them with the virus, yes. Because who believes, who in the world is going to believe at the moment that China is not responsible for this pandemic?
0: Okay, Um, and... Mr. Daniel, you're expecting the same question, but I'm going to load your question a little bit heavier. As an American, I have heard of Middle Eastern people being labeled as terrorists as recently as a year ago. Uh, As a person of African descent, I have heard of Africans being described as poor and diseased. Um... I have heard of Asians, whether they be Chinese or Indian or Pakistani, being accused of various things, and now we know with the COVID-19 virus, we can see the direction that that's going into. I've heard of South Americans being labeled as drug pushers. Is there there any trend that you see uh, or something that we're avoiding here overall that... um, may give us more answers. What is your opinion on all of this?
2: So you you mentioned South Americans, but you did not use the critical word, which is Hispanics. Um, I think there's um, enough evidence that we see in the news with uh, Mexico and Venezuela and uh, Nicaragua, Honduras, pushing enough drugs into the United States as well as other parts of the world. So, um, you know, there's you know those are being mitigated by the governments um and so that is definitely happening but i wanted to um address your previous question too as well in terms of uh the chinese um i i um i think they feel uh they feel like they're being discriminated in the united states uh and they um it, it um probably the uh, Chinese population across the world probably feel the same way too. Um, and um, so, you know, that is another reason why the uh, uh, the people in mainland China um, have, uh, you know, taken uh, a position of uh, competition towards the United States. I used to have a, a friend um, who was of, um, uh, from Hong Kong. And uh, when I did travel with him one time to Hong Kong, um, you know, we, um, he took me through all the places that he grew up in Hong Kong, as well as uh, he's been in the United States, too, like me, 40 years or so. And uh, he, with great pride, he took me through all parts of Hong Kong, and he took me to Macau, which is a, an hour and a half ferry ride from Hong Kong, uh, maybe an hour ride uh, on a ferry,
0: and I think Sam has mentioned Macau at some point. I don't know in what reference, but go ahead, Mr. Daniel.
2: Yeah, and um, so you know we actually stayed together for five days uh, because I told him I am in a strange land. You cannot leave me, by, leave me by myself, and so he actually said, "Okay, I will come in and you know stay in uh, with you." So um, he he was staying with me for the five days because I would have been lost in China otherwise i um, not sure, uh, you know, if um, I think in Hong Kong they speak English, but I was not sure until, you know, I went there. But uh, so he was with me and then I noticed, you know, how the friend that I knew for maybe, you know, 10 years or so, all he had, now he'd been living in the United States for 40 years, all, you know, his entire talk changed towards how Americans have been treating him. And it got to the point where I really got fed up and I said, you know, you, you cannot be in the United States if you have so much uh, hatred and venom against Americans. You cannot accept their citizenship, which you did many years ago. You cannot be um, pledging to the flag of the United States and, you know, having mm-hmm. so much of venom and vengeance and anger towards Americans. He just didn't understand the concept. At the end of the day or end of the the uh, uh, period, he told me that he was here to make money. and after that, you know he's looking for retirement in Can, uh, the province of Canton, which is in mainland China, but that's the province that speak Cantonese in mainland China and in Hong Kong they speak the same language. So his whole idea was you know to come here and stay here for 40, fifty years, retire from here carry a big bundle of cash, and then go and retire in Canton, being from Hong Kong. And so, but it didn't seem healthy the way he carried so much vengeance. And then in when he came to his employers, he was a puppy. He was a puppet. He would, uh, on over the dozen years that I've known him, he, had, he has told me many times where he had uh, a lot of problems with his employers, Hong, um, Northrop Grumman and so forth, where Uh, He was having trouble uh, with his managers or, you know, stressing him out and so forth. And I would tell him, I'd encourage him to speak up and he was not willing to speak up. But all of this was being bottled up inside of him. And, you know, he had a master's degree from uh, a prestigious university in Chicago. Um, I don't know. He went through. He's very smart, by the way, in technology. But uh, somehow, uh, you know, his English, uh, when it came to writing and, you know, uh, preparing a speech or writing, uh, you know, uh, a letter or something, he was inadequate. He would uh, come to me periodically and ask for help. And so all of this frustration was being bottled up. And eventually it came out when I, you know, went um, to Hong Kong and visited with him. So I would say that, um, uh, and uh, you know, in other cases too, where I have uh, interacted with Chinese, there is that sentiment. So, uh, so with with COVID-19, um, I think the um, the Chinese government uh, has uh, tried to uh, want uh, you know they have not released all the statistics. In my opinion, two, they have hidden a lot of the facts, um, and most of all, what we find out now is that the Chinese government um, had been embarrassed by uh, this particular incident, and so uh, they did not want to come out and admit uh, most of it because it's a question of their reputation. Which is what the
0: Pam was Yep. Mm-hmm. President
2: uh, has recently admitted in. Some of his interviews that he was embarrassed, and it was the question of his prestige and so forth. So that became predominant. The prestige issue became more predominant than releasing the facts, which they, uh, at some point in the past, they had signed into, uh, you know, the rest of the world to release such uh, data of about um, pandemics and contagious diseases and so forth. Um, but they were not willing to do that in the end. So. Um, in fact, the United States is, is uh, from what I hear, is looking into, um, you know, charging them at a higher level for uh, not releasing appropriate data, hiding the facts. And um, there is also a report now that just came out that um, in the last week, it said that, uh, you know, it was not in Wuhan where, you know, the open markets, uh, where this uh, pandemic became uh you know, big issue, but it was actually in a lab in the same area where they were testing this for germ I for heard food. that,
0: yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So, the United States is looking into that too. Wow. So, um, you know, it would be understandable that uh, not only the United States, but other countries too that have influence in world uh, issues uh, be able to point the blame in the right direction. And for all practical purposes it seems like it it may or may not have come from China but that's a good place to start looking into uh, so that um, now I don't I think there's uh, I saw a program yesterday uh, where Oprah was saying let this not happen again let us find a cure for it it's unlikely to happen you know that a cure for the next uh, virus be found now is unlikely to happen a vaccine
0: I agree with you. If
2: anybody can find such a vaccine and hide it till the next virus comes out, uh, then, you know, there's a lot of potential for that person or for that business or the pharmaceutical company to, um, for their, um, you know, for their company to, uh, you know, stock, for their company stock to go up.
0: Yes, yes. And this, this has been a concern of other panelists in the past who have made accusations that Bill Gates uh, has certain patents on certain viruses uh, that other people have gotten, um, that, that certain viruses are being created so that the cure can be created. And then all of a sudden we can stock up and, and take the global community to the bank. Um we're we're in less than 5 minutes here. Sam, I want to give you about a minute. Go ahead and give me your last comments on this subject. What if there's anything the audience should know? What do you feel that they should know?
1: Um well, let's just go back to the subject matter, right? The Africans in China. Um, yes, please. The Africans in China, um Chinese people are very two faced, and they they let them they let the Africans come in to study and let the Africans come in to do business they they go to Africa to do business um so it's very unfair how they're treating the Africans right now uh many of the Africans are um homeless at the moment they've been kicked out of their hotels they've been kicked out of their homes no warning just being kicked out and they're all looking for you know what's the solution where do they go from here? What are they gonna do? Um, right.
0: Because I'm told they're being kicked out by landlords, hotel managers, and local officials.
1: That is correct. So um this is China. China has their mentality is me first. Everything about them okay. says me first. They do everything first. So so in order to preserve their way and preserve their reputation, or what they call saving face, then they they had to they had to um They had to kick somebody in the balls. They had to blame somebody. Okay. So right now it's
0: not. Sam, okay, thank you for that. Um, Mr. Daniel, I give you one minute. And what do you think people should know about today's subject?
2: I think it is uh, a concerning subject. It's a very valued, valuable subject. Um, China is uh, a nation that... um, holds the most number of people in the world. Um, Although they are not a democracy, uh, they are still accountable to the human race. Um, And um, if the uh, African continent is willing to invest in them, uh, and if China has an interest in the uh, scarce resources of the African continent, then um, there is much to be said about how the government and the people in China are treating African Africans uh, that are coming there for various reasons, including education as well as um, uh, for doing business, um, and so it is a fair question that they be treated fairly. Uh, it is not anyone's uh, uh, prerog- it is not in anyone's control or power to be uh, born into a certain family or a certain race. Otherwise, we would we would have all been born into, uh, you know, the um, uh, Queen Elizabeth uh, family. Understood.
0: Understood. Okay, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cut you off. Uh, I'm gonna have to close out the show. We have less than a minute. Um, I do want to say to the audience that when I was in high school, there was something to be said for being a foreign exchange student. You were understood to be someone that was pursuing a higher education. You were better educated. You were considered a model person that could live in the home of a local family and sort of learn the culture of the country you're living in. That all seems to have changed. Uh, if Today, yesterday, it was the Middle Easterners, and um, today, it's the Africans. Uh, Tomorrow, it's the Chinese. And who is it the day after that? I want to thank everybody for tuning in to Verbal Assault Live Stream. I'm your host, Marquis Devereux, wanting to thank our guest, Mr. Daniel from Maryland, and also Mr. Samuel Kachira from Connecticut. This has been a tri-state show today. Um, We look forward to having you all on next week and we want you to have a safe and sane weekend. Bye-bye.
1: Thank God I'm different I don't think me and you alike
0: we different all day whipping up the white in the kitchen got your bitch pulling up a tight stride day. more money.